Welcome to the Revolutionary Stewardship Podcast. I'm your host, J.D. Shears, a pastor, certified kingdom advisor, certified stewardship instructor, and an investment advisor representative. We will be discussing topics such as biblically responsible investing, estate planning, and wealth transfer that will benefit you as an obedient steward. Christianity is revolutionary. Shouldn't your stewardship be as well? This broadcast is brought to you by the Ultimate Christian Podcast Network. Over the last few episodes of Revolutionary Stewardship, we've been discussing the topic of life insurance and the uses of life insurance. We spoke about buy-sell agreements regarding partnerships or small business owners that may be in business with their uh, friend or family members. We talked about utilizing life insurance to create a tax-free estate when a majority of our money is sitting in taxable assets. A question that I'm often asked in regards to life insurance is, Jay, how much do I need? Do I just need enough to bury me? Uh, you know, do I do I buy uh, something online here for term insurance? It, remarkably, it, something as, as important as life insurance is is treated uh, uh, poorly uh, in regards to trying to figure out the the actual number that a person needs. And and believe it or not, it's it's actually down to the dollar uh, if we want to go that route. And, and I do when I do financial planning for, for people. We, it, it's not an even number, right? So, you know, I, I'm a critic of online life insurance sales. I, I'm just not a fan of it because it's, it is misleading. Now, my dad, who was in the life insurance business for 32 years, said, Jay, be careful on, on how you, you discuss life insurance with people because you don't want to scare them off of life insurance because some is better than none. And I, I, I've actually chewed on that uh, advice a lot, and I don't necessarily agree with it. Um, even though my dad was was uh, a, a great professional, a great life insurance person, he believed in it, uh, and and because of, of being in the business for 32 years, he saved a lot of people from financial devastation. Um, but as a as a financial planner, regarding the the number required. Uh, on on life insurance, it, it it's a mouthful and it's a paperful. Uh, and what I mean by that is is there is a a formula that we should use to to dictate the amount of life insurance we should carry at any particular point in our life, and it's a moving target. So stay with me here. And if you've got a notepad, you might want to write this down. It's 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 actually very good information, and and it, it'll give you an answer. Um, now, what I've seen in the business over the last 24, 25 years is um, life insurance salesmen, and there are some good ones out there, there are some, and I call them professionals, um, uh, life insurance professionals, uh, that will actually do a, a great fact find and, and, and create uh, the, the need uh, or show you what the need is for the life insurance and then satisfy that need based on your budget, Okay. But on, on on the other hand, I've I've seen, for example, the online life insurance sales, or someone who who is more concerned about selling a product versus a, a, uh, addressing a need that they will sell. You know, for example, a two hundred fifty thousand dollar term insurance policy, or a half million half million dollar term insurance policy, or a twenty five thousand dollar whole life policy. Whenever I see uh, even numbers. On a life insurance contract, I, I can 
automatically assume that that was sold not based on a good fact find. So let's let's look at the the questions that need to be answered. All right. So in regards to determining how much life insurance a person needs, the first thing that I look at is this: What is your current debt? What is your current debt? Uh, that's uh, mortgages, car insurance. Oh, I'm sorry, car loans. Um, student loans, credit card debt, uh, secured and unsecured loans, that type of thing. And and be exact with that number. Just, you know, don't just say, well, I, I, maybe it's about two or 300,000 bucks. That, that, that doesn't cut it. Be exact. Okay, so let's say you owed $159,000 on your mortgage. Uh, you owed $21,000 on your car. Um, and you owed $2,650 on... Uh, credit cards. All right. So first of all, as a Christian, we I don't want you to have credit cards. So get rid of them. Um, so now we're looking at, uh, you know, just debt. Uh, we're looking at about uh, $182,650. Okay. Now, we've already got it narrowed down to numbers. All right. So you can see there's a big difference already as we start uh, when we're, we're actually trying to, to develop a formula for this. Now, we know the debt. It's $182,650. The next thing I'm going to ask you is, is anyone depending on your income? Okay. Is anyone depending on your income? So let's say that you're 30 years of age. Maybe you and your spouse both work. But if we removed your income from the household, it would be devastating. Right? They, 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 they couldn't keep the home. You know, they're, they're going to have to move. Um, maybe some, you know, kids are going to have to change school. It, it just is not a good thing. So let's say, and I'm going to make this easy. Let's say uh, your income is $50,000 and your wife's income is $50,000. All right. So here's the number that I use. All right. And you can, you can adjust this based on your risk tolerance. But my question is, it, do you want to, number one, leave your family debt-free at your death? You understand mortality is 100%. We don't know the day we're going to go. We don't know what season we're in. But it's going to happen. All right? It's going to happen. And we should be prepared at all times. And that's why life insurance is the foundation of a financial plan. Before IRA investing, before non-qualified investing, before slush funds, before anything, you've got to have... A foundation of a financial plan that is self-completing. So let's say $50,000 each. You've got $100,000 income in the household. Here's the number I use. 5%. 5%. What amount of money invested would generate $50,000 in income at 5%? Well, the answer is a million dollars. A million dollars of of, of money invested in uh, corporate bonds, uh, whatever it may be, at, at 5%, okay, will generate $50,000 a year in income. Now, what that does is it takes the, the worry off of your surviving spouse. That surviving spouse does not have to remarry because they have to to feed the family. The surviving spouse... If they do remarry, they get to remarry out of love, not out of need. Okay? So now we're saying that you need a million dollars 
It sounds like a lot, right? I mean, it really does. You need a million dollars to replace your income. Now, what else, what other variables are in this equation? What other goals and aspirations do you have? You have young children? Yes. Okay. Do you want to send those children to school? Yes. Now, where are they going to go to school? You don't know. They're, you know, six and eight years old. We don't know. What do you think a fair number would be for your children to go to school? $50,000 a year? $25,000 a year? So if you have, let's let's say that it's uh, $25,000 a year. So to pay for your child's education, it's $100,000 times two. All right. Now we know that the cost of education is going up at a much faster pace than inflation. But the, the reality is you could probably get an education at $25,000 a year. Now, if, if you're a Harvard grad and you want your kids to go to Harvard, you know, it's a different number. You know, if, if, if uh, you know, you went to uh, uh, Indiana State University and, and that's where your kids want to go or you think your kids want to go or that's where you're going to tell them they're going to go and it's $15,000 a year, well, then use that number. Use 60000 instead of a hundred. But for, for the purpose of this, this podcast today, let's say it's, it's $100,000 each. You got two kids. So now we're at $200,000. So right now we've got three things answered. All right. We know that it's going to take a million dollars to replace your income without without utilizing principal to generate the income. That million dollars will generate that four or five or six percent forever. Okay. What it actually does is it replaces your Social Security at age 65 as well. All right. So now your surviving spouse may never want to have to, to, to remarry again. At least if they do remarry, they could do it out of love and not out of need. But you have replaced... Your income, or your income, up until your death. Now, I'm not talking, you know, uh, uh, adding raises and you know that kind of thing. But you basically have created a pension for your surviving spouse. So right now, we know that it takes a million dollars to replace your income. It takes two hundred thousand dollars to send your kids to school. Hundred eighty-two thousand six hundred fifty dollars. Okay, to to uh, pay off your debt. So today, let's just use today's number. So we're right now we're at, um, I got my calculator burning up here. We're at $1,382,650 of life insurance need. It still sounds like a lot, right? <laughs> You'd be surprised at how affordable that is. But anyways, what about the cost of uh, your burial? Now, just a month ago, um, my, my father passed away, and, and his funeral was $13,000. And he already had his uh, headstone and, and plot. So let's say that it's, it's $15,000. So I had $15,000 of that, all right, because you don't want your, your surviving spouse to have to set up a GoFundMe page to bury you. So now we're almost at $1.4 million. So, you know, we're one, uh, $1,397,650. Now I'm going to ask you, is there anything from a kingdom-oriented standpoint that you want to happen at your death? It may be something you're involved in now. Your your answer may be, you know, the the church has has needed a new sanctuary for a long time. You know, we've been patching the roof and and whatever. Um, You know, 
we can add that into the equation that uh, upon your death, that uh, funds uh, go to the church. Maybe it's a mission uh, uh, or you know a clean water uh, uh, type of thing going on in Haiti or you know building new churches in Central America or whatever it may be. So let's say that you're you're a good, obedient, faithful servant, and you say, you know what, I would like to have a pool of money that my my wife or my surviving spouse and my children could could actually uh, um, give away at my death. You know, for from a kingdom-oriented standpoint, all right. So, whatever it may be, whether it be you know funds for the church, funds for a mission, funds for a charitable organization, funds for a you know uh, not-for-profit humane society, whatever it may be. So now we're looking at uh, one million four hundred ninety-seven thousand six hundred fifty dollars. And if there's anything else of importance to you that you would like to happen. You know, are there any other, uh, you know, maybe you have a special needs issue in your family. Maybe you had a, si- a sibling with Down syndrome uh, and mom and dad are aging and you want to make sure that there is money set aside to help take care of a, a, a sibling. There are many variables to this. Okay. But right now, what we've done is we looked at the amount of debt that you have, the amount of money it takes to replace your current income. All right. Uh, sending the kids to college and a, 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 Offering to the kingdom at your death. All right, at your death. Now, once again, there are other variables that can be included in this, but for the sake of today, we're at about 1.5. You know, we're, we're uh, just a couple thousand dollars short of 1.5 million uh, as far as what, what that need is. Now, that's today. Now, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to explain to you how that changes. So let's say you, when, when you and I first speak, and you're 30 years age, uh, of age today, and the kids are 6 and 8, and, and you purchase $1.5 million of, of life insurance, all right? Uh, and, and 15 years from now, the kids have all gone to school. Uh, you don't owe anything else on the mortgage, and your income is now $75,000 a year. Look, things change. Your life insurance needs change. You may need less. You may need more. It's something that I would look at on an annual basis. It changes. It is such an instrumental part of your financial plan, you need to pay attention to it. So let's get back to the 30-year-old with $100,000 of income coming into the house. uh, Both both spouses work. So what we're looking at is not just one, but we're looking at two. We're looking at income is the same for both husband and wife. And the debt is the same. And the financial goals are the same. So we're looking at a million and a half dollars on each spouse. On each spouse. Now, a lot of people would just fall over in their chair like, oh my gosh, that is a lot of money. Not really. It It is expensive to raise kids. It is expensive to replace your income. Okay, Paying off the debt is actually the easiest part of this. Replacing your income is hard. You've got to have a pile of money to do it. So now we need a million and a half dollars, uh, actually $1.497,650, all right? So we've got that exact number. How do we do that? So at age 30, I'm going to say buy as much insurance as you can for the least amount of money, all right? I would probably recommend at this point, based on a budget, and I'm going to ask you how much discretionary money you have coming into the household, because 
I don't want to take all of your discretionary money to buy insurance. I want to take your. I want to satisfy the insurance need, and then work towards an emergency fund, and then work towards qualified and non-qualified investing. If you've got four or five hundred dollars of discretionary money monthly after you, after you pay your bills, then we've got something to work with, right? But I'm not going to eat it up. I'm not going to say, well, well, your insurance is going to cost you $500 a month. That's not how we do this. We look at the cheapest term insurance policy for the set term that we need. And we may buy two or three of them. All right. So if the kids are six and eight, we may buy a 25-year or a 20-year term. All right. We, might buy, we may buy a 30-year term uh, for income replacement. A 20-year term to make sure the kids go to college. Okay, um, for the debt, depending on how long that you owe the debt, you know, you may have a 15-year mortgage uh, remaining. We may buy a 15-year term to make sure the house is paid off. You may actually own a stair step of term insurance policies because the shorter the term, the cheaper it is. There's no reason to buy a 30-year term to cover all the debt when you're not going to have all the debt and the need for 30 years. We can actually save you money now. That's where I see the biggest mistake. I have never walked into a household where an insurance professional has actually done that. Uh, it's, it's somewhat amazing. You could... Now, I, listen. There's an argument that could be made that the more insurance that you buy, the cheaper it is. There's some truth to that. But if you compare a, a million-dollar term or a million and a half dollar term to a million dollar term and a half a million dollar term, there's not that big of a difference uh, in, in or disparity in the premium. Okay? It's, it's actually a, a, a cost-benefit, cost-saving benefit to buy two contracts. It's cheaper for a 15-year term than it is a 30-year term. It's just the way it works. So listen, that, that's how we come up with, with the analysis. That's how we come up with the, the exact number. And if you took notes, look, look at um, look at the amount of debt that you have. How much, uh, how big of a pile of money does it, at 5% does it take to replace your income? Your financial goals for the family, whether it be college education for the kids, whatever it may be. And I'm telling you, uh, as a believer, as someone who is an obedient steward, you need to include the kingdom in your financial plan. Okay? Include the kingdom in your financial plan. Leave a pile of money designated for your, your surviving spouse and children, or whoever it may be, to make those donations to the kingdom. So that's how we come up with it. Uh, and then to solve the problem, it, it, listen, there's a myriad of ways to solve the insurance need. Depending on your age, depending on your budget, depending on you know the length of the need, you know for for example the final expense of fifteen thousand dollar funeral cost, we may actually use a, a maybe a ten pay whole life policy, um, uh, or or maybe even uh, uh, you know a, a twenty pay whatever it may be for a fifteen thousand dollar contract that you know you're going to need your entire life. All right, whether you're thirty five or ninety five, you need something to bury you. Okay, so we we would look at that as well. I would probably not use term insurance. Uh, well, but it, it just it just depends. It just depends. If the budget is there, I would probably include a a permanent policy for the burial needs. But everyone is different. Listen, I hope this helped you today. You know, 
I, because I'm in uh, the, the financial planning business, and there's a lot of things I do on social media that, that involved uh, financial planning, I get bombarded with uh, ads on Facebook or wherever, uh, you know, term insurance, uh, you know, $250,000 non-medical, $13 a month. I'm like, how, how do I, you know, how do you, you come up with, with that? I mean, it's, don't I actually need to know how much I actually need? Rather than you trying to entice me with a $13 premium. Listen, just determine your need. Determine your need and then satisfy that need with uh, with how you can do it within your budget. Okay? You know, if, if, if uh, in this scenario that we gave today, if each spouse needs roughly $1.5 million um, and, and you're in relatively good health, uh, and you can and, and, and uh, use term insurance to do it. You're still talking probably less than a uh, hundred to seventy-five dollars uh, a month uh, to satisfy that need. Is that, I mean, it's actually rel- relatively cheap. Now, if you're smoking and 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 you have diabetes and and uh, you got some health issues, it's not going to happen that cheap. Uh, which is another reason: don't wait, don't procrastinate, lock these things in. You know, I'm sitting on a, a pretty large life insurance, uh, term insurance contract now that I bought uh, in 2004, uh, 20 years. And I'm looking back, I'm like, why didn't I buy a 30-year? You know, what, because my health is different now, right? So all of you that, that are listening that may be in your 50s, uh, you're, you're not as healthy as you was when you were 20 probably. So anyways, um, that's how we come up with the, the, the formula. That is the formula that, that we use. Um, and once again, there, there are other factors that can be involved, special needs, uh, special circumstances, uh, just a number of things. Uh, but I would not, I would not say, um, uh, I would not be, uh, presumptuous on, you know, future income, future inheritances, that kind of thing. What other variables could we add into this? Well, if, you know, if, if you've got a half a million dollar 401k, uh, right now, then we could probably reduce the the need for the insurance by half a million dollars, right? Because there's a pile of money there. See, there's a, once again, it is an exact science. So listen, if you have questions about this, if you would like to do just a, uh, a short five or 10 minute uh, interview, uh, help, let me help you, you know, see where you're at, what your needs are. Um, maybe a lot of people have life insurance already, but very few times have I walked into a household and it was adequate. Uh, very few times. Sometimes it's over adequate. Sometimes they have been oversold, uh, especially by premium. Their premiums are much too high to what their budget allows. So uh, I would love to talk to you. I would love to talk to you. Not a problem as far as, uh, um, you know, just a quick review. But if you listen today, you could probably figure up your need on your own. Uh, but I would I'd be happy to assist you in that process. You can find our information at kingdomplanadvisory.com. KingdomPlanAdvisory.com. You can call the office at 888-226-7614. You know, in all of these processes, we have to remember that we are the stewards of God's assets. That is the definition of a steward, managing the assets of someone else. Let's be good stewards and and ask ourselves, what would the Lord expect me to do in this situation? You know, I've mentioned before, in regards to, to justifying life insurance, it's 1 Timothy 5.8. You take care of your family, especially those of your immediate household. 
And from a financial planner who's been doing this for a quarter of a century, I'm telling you that a financial plan is weak if it's, no, if it's not self-completing. Because it, the only way that the financial plan works is if you're alive. The financial plan stops if you die in the middle of your financial plan. Okay? So once again, kingdomplanadvisory.com. If you just need prayers for, for your stewardship, shoot me a direct message. That's fine. I'll be happy to help you. God bless you. And, and please, stop procrastinating. Let's get on this together. Thank you for listening to Revolutionary Stewardship. I encourage you to visit KingdomPlanAdvisory.com to read our latest articles and sign up for our monthly newsletter. If you would like to arrange a free stewardship consultation, please schedule on our website or you may call 888-226-7614. Securities offered through Vanderbilt Securities LLC, member FINRA, SIPC, and registered with MSRB. Advisory services offered through Vanderbilt Advisory Services. God bless.